Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the IT Business Podcast. I am your host, Marvin B. And if you are watching the video, whether you're watching live or on playback, you will notice that I am not in my usual location. This is the start of the new Studio B, or whatever I'm going to call it. I don't know yet, but that just sounds cool to say. Uh, This is the other side of my office, the new space that we acquired last summer, and we still have not officially moved into the space. So I'm going to say up front, if you hear an echo, which I hear an echo, let me know. I do need to make some adjustments. We We do need to get some furnishings, some soundproofing, all that good stuff. But the reason I asked is because the... Recording that you're hearing if you're watching the show is not the same as what I post in the audio. So if you're listening to the audio version, that I need to hear because I actually have a mixer here. And I, even though I don't edit, I do clean up the sound. So I need to know when I clean it up if there's still an echo. You also might hear the AC come on because this is an open room, meaning there is no drop ceiling. So the ceiling is the roof. I've heard that somewhere before. So if it ever rains during the show, we will hear the rain. So I am looking at some inexpensive ceiling solutions that will help soundproof the show. Um, If you guys know of any, let me know. But I'm not going to do it. We're going to have to pay somebody to do it. Uh, What you see now is a couple of little wooden frame shelves that we purchased on Amazon. Support the show. And if you see the little black stuff up top, not my head, but the stuff above it, that is some little blankets that are helping to soundproof. My brother-in-law came down a couple of weeks ago and kind of threw these together for me so that we could start utilizing this space. So that's what you see, the shelves and then the, the wood frame with the sound blankets thrown over the top. I do have some acoustical stuff on the side, but again, the room is wide open. There's nothing else really in it except for a desk and some phones. I'm going to be setting up a client's network in here this Friday. They, it's a long story, but the bottom line is, is their internet bill went from 900 to 4,000. Thank you, Windstream. And they are waiting to get into their new building. So they, aren't going to be signing a new contract. So instead of them doing that, they work remotely most of the time anyway. So I am moving their servers and desktops here to my office. We are going to host them and they're going to remote into here until their new space is ready. And so, yes, it'll start to fill up with stuff, but it's not going to fill up with carpeting and drapes and soundproofing and stuff like that. And we probably won't be using this room for anything else for a little while, but that is the plan. That's why you see something different. You may also notice up there, I know that on a small screen or in audio, you're not going to see it, but I have sitting up on those shelves mugs, and these are the prototypes Well, I shouldn't say prototypes. These are the first production run of the IT Business Podcast mugs. 
So I've got some mugs with red handles and inside. This is the one I'm drinking from here. I've got some with a black handle and inside. And then over here, I've got one that is all white with the IT Business Podcast logo on the front. And I've got Uncle Marv's there as well. So these are not available for sale just yet. I did get them and already sent them out to the patrons that I have. And I did that as a thank you to those that stayed with me through the months of January and February when I was having so many issues with being able to do consistent shows because of my mom's cancer battle. And nobody stopped supporting the show, so I appreciate that. So I figured this would be the the best way to say thank you is to come up with some swag. And these mugs are the first part of the swag. So you see they are fantastic. These are not just your ordinary mugs. These have... A very nice feel to them. I hope that the people, uh, four of them have already been shipped. So, so patrons, as you get your mugs, please give me feedback as to how they feel, how they look. Uh, this is the 11 ounce. I am considering doing a 15 ounce. And we are looking at some other product that we can do. So if you're willing to purchase some swag for the podcast, let me know. Send me an idea of what you would be willing to get. Or if you're willing to sign up as a patron, something that I could give as a thank you on certain patron levels. So that is where we are. So that's the studio, folks. That's it. Uh, Probably a horrible intro. But for those people that are watching, obviously a visual difference. Not so white behind me. But the lighting up front, eh, we'll work on it. We'll do all that. But... First step in Studio B. All right. Before I move on, let me say that uh, if you just joined us, I don't know how, especially if you're listening to the audio, this is the IT Business Podcast where we try to help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. The show is presented by NetAlly. NetAlly is the home of my favorite tool, the Etherscope NXG. They provide the best-in-class tools and software that enable your team to plan, install, validate, and troubleshoot virtually any wired or wireless networks more effectively. They are the people to go to, folks. And I, the reason I say it's the home of the Etherscope Pro uh, Etherscope NHG, that is my favorite networking tool out of all of them. They've got the link runner, they've got the link sprinter, they've got the air check, they've got a whole host of other tools, but I almost use the Etherscope exclusively, and the reason is because it's kind of like the Swiss Army knife of networking tools. I can test cables, I can discover stuff on the network, I can do wired and wireless. Uh, I can send email directly from the tool so that if I'm taking a picture which it'll take pictures. It'll be a flashlight in a closet. Uh, You can do screenshots of all the stuff that you do, whether it's a cable test, whether it is a speed check of an internet provider. You can take a screenshot and send them directly from the tool. So there are a lot of times where I do stuff all from the Etherscope during a visit. So we'll talk more about that on a later show, but I just just had to say that because... I love the tool. Granted, 
it's expensive. Don't don't yell at me for you know for not mentioning that when you go and see the price. It's pricey. For some of you, it's a car. Others, not so much. But it is well, well worth it. Let's see. I should also mention, oh, if you guys are not listening to the MSP Unplugged Town uh, podcast, you have not heard about the TechCon Unplugged Conference. I did mention it last week. That is a conference for techs, by techs, presented by the MSP Unplugged guys, Paco and Rick. It is this September 16th through the 18th in Chicago. I should tell you now, you should head over to the website quickly, techconunplugged.com. And the reason is the ticket price is normally $299. If you go right now, and I'm recording this show on March 30th, you have until April 4th to take advantage of the early bird special of $199, which is last year's price and the previous year's pricing. So because the conference has been so great, we've got more vendors, we've got speakers. I shouldn't say we. I'm not doing anything at the conference, really. It's Paco and Rick that are doing all this. But it is a fantastic conference, some great uh, product, some great presenters, vendors, access to other people. Uh, the 299 price, more than fair. But if you hurry up before April 4th, you can take advantage of the 199 price. And that website again, techconunplugged.com. I'll have a link in the show notes. And it is at the Hilton Rosemont. So you'll need to get a hotel room. You probably won't need to get a car because it's right near the airport there, uh, the O'Hare International Airport. So no, no real need to travel unless you want to go into town. But a lot of us will be doing that, Ubering, all that stuff. So there you go. All right, Uh, let's see. On this show, I do want to... Oh, so I want to go back and... So when I started the concept of the IT Business Podcast as we transitioned over from PodNuts, I wanted to do a couple of different things with the show, and I haven't been able to really flesh all of them out. But one of the things was to, every now and then, instead of having a guest on all the time, I would do open mic night type shows. So I would get on and just kind of throw out some topics. I would make it to where techs or anybody that's a listener and is not a regular guest can come on the show. So those are the types of things that I want to start doing. I'm just going to start laying out the groundwork for a lot of these things. I don't know exactly how all of this is going to flesh out, but we have talked about things such as an IT business book club, where we talk about, as you can see, I've got, well, this is horrible setup, but on the shelves behind me, there are books, um, one of which is Michael Michalowicz's Fix This Next that I haven't fully finished reading, but I think is a book that if we as IT professionals, service providers, can share what we took from a book and instituted in our business, to help us grow, I think it's a good thing to do. So, again, talks are in the works, so that is something that we're thinking about. If you would like to be a part of that, please let me know. Head to the website and send me an email, 
or send a message. You can find me, well, anywhere, Facebook, the YouTube. I'm not on Instagram, I don't think. I'm on Twitter. And, of course, itbusinesspodcast.com. But send me a message, let me know, and we will... You know, put these things together. I'm going to have these types of shows where they're more of an open format. So if somebody has a question or a comment or a topic that they want to jump in, I will make it to where I can get people, uh, add people here on the video on the fly. So it's not going to be as scripted, as structured, and should work out pretty good. And look at here, a question in the chat. Can you get at least one Star Wars book? They have books. I haven't gotten through all the movies yet, so not sure about that, Chris. As a matter of fact, so here's, <laughs> since you asked that question, I will tell you how far behind I am. So I started to watch Picard probably three years ago. I don't know, whenever it started. And I watched the first two episodes and then fell behind and never got back to go watch it. And then you guys started talking about Mandalorian I think that's the order. Han Solo, or Solo, I don't know, whatever. I don't even know if it's a movie or a series. And my nephew, my five-year-old nephew, is talking about Baby Yoda, Yoda, and I have no idea how Baby Yoda became so popular all of a sudden. I think it was the most popular Halloween costume behind Marshmallow, and I didn't even know who Marshmallow was. So that tells me that either I'm getting old, or I just don't have enough time to participate in other things in life besides tech and podcasting. But, uh, Chris, if you want to recommend a Star Wars book, I'll probably purchase it and set it on the shelf up here and see if there are people interested in having a book club about that. But I think that's going to be a whole other podcast because I don't think there's going to be anything that we can apply from Star Wars into our tech business. But... I will ask the connoisseur of Star Wars, Mr. Matt Rainey, because uh, I'm sure, I think he's seen and done everything Star Wars related. So I will ask him. Speaking of Matt, I should probably thank him. Uh, he was my first guest back after my hiatus uh, back in the beginning of March. So thank you, Matt. Matt Rainey. Those of you that know Matt as the original host of Podnuts Pro, the predecessor to this show, uh, great tech out in Louisiana. March also featured Bradley Gross, uh, the law offices of Bradley Gross, and we talked about fiduciary responsibility. And I will mention that a little bit later. Shanna Utgard from Defendify, who was the first in-studio guest for the IT Business Podcast. Now, we didn't Stream it live, but she was actually here in this room and almost in this very spot because I'm literally in the area that we we recorded the show at. There is a picture on my Facebook page that shows her here in studio. Not everything was here as it was, but Shanna was here on site, on-prem, and Defendify has been a great product for me. I'm actually adding more Defendify stuff. We're doing employee training again going to the insurance stuff. Don Sizer was here, Third Element Consulting, and last week we had Diana Giles, Skyline IT Management, and she sat with me 
as I had a night of vendor rants. So thank you all for the guests that have been on the show. And Chris has responded with, I will send a set. And that makes me nervous that there is a set of Star Wars books. All right. I will be looking out for those. Um, I probably should have given an update on my mom since I mentioned that earlier. She is doing well. For those that do not know and have listened to these podcasts out of order, in January, my mom had basically a uh, letdown in her body, had to go into the hospital, found out she is battling multiple myeloma, cancer. It is cancer in the bone. And there's a whole lot of stuff that goes with it. But the bottom line is, at her age, this is her third bout with cancer. And it is not going as well as the previous battles. She defeated cancer without a hitch previously. But this time, it's kind of kicking her. So she is in the middle of chemo every week, dialysis three times a week. And she is... She's doing okay. I mean, she's home. She was in the hospital for three and a half weeks. That was a motorcycle going by, if you did hear that. If not, sorry for pausing. Uh, But she is home now. She is back to her cranky self. And the family and I are doing what we can to take care of her. And we'll see how it goes. But we are hopeful. Uh, I do want to say thank you. I had several people who I didn't know were listeners of the show. And as I was just talking randomly in conversation they asked me how she was doing and said that they were thinking of her praying for her and all of that sort of stuff so thank you all for that but she's doing well we're moving on and let us do a couple of things i want to read some email because i don't do a lot of reading of email on the show but i do want to read here's one from last week from our good friend jerry and jerry asked You mentioned VoIP in your podcast with Diana. You did not mention names of the vendors. I just signed up for Intermedia. Any thoughts? Do you have a VoIP provider you would recommend or one that is leading the pack? So I did not realize that I did not mention the vendor last week, but I too have gone with Intermedia as my primary VoIP provider I was kind of toying between them. I did take a look at Pulsar 360, and I was looking at OIT VoIP. Uh, Ray Orsini was on the show, and I had heard about them but had never given them consideration, so I did then. I got a quote for the one client that I was working on. They ended up choosing to go with Intermedia. Uh, I had another client that I had already done an intermediate quote for, so I've already done three intermediate installations since last December. So it looks like they are going to be my primary vendor of choice. The reason is probably the quoting process was easy. The onboarding process is easy. The dashboard that they have There's some things I don't like about it, but for the most part, it works. It looks a lot better than the Pulsar 360 dashboard. The Pulsar 360, while it worked and it was functional and kind of logical in a sense, it it just didn't look right. And some of my clients like to do their own stuff in the portal. 
and I wasn't going to send them to that one. I know that that's probably a little vain or petty, but I think that that's important that when you have a product that you recommend to a, a client that it look professional and it looked the part and not to say that Pulsar 360 isn't professional, but the Intermedia portal looked a lot better. I wish they didn't have everything in the portal so that if a client signed up just for phone service, when they log in, they, I really don't want them seeing all the other products that Intermedia offers, such as the 365 and all this other stuff. I just want them to go to the phone portal because I didn't recommend that. Or if I'm reselling it to them, I don't want them to see that. But that's where I'm at with that right now. Uh, I may do some more consideration of OIT VoIP. So I'm not to, not to say that they're out of the running for any future business. But right now, Intermedia is my primary vendor of choice. Uh, another reason I probably should have mentioned is last fall when everyone was having all of those trunk issues and SIP issues, we have intermediate here, intermedia here at our office, didn't have any issues. Now, that's not to say that there weren't issues. Uh, we have had a time or two where service has gone down for a few minutes, but it's come back up. I've never experienced an outage more than, say, 30 minutes, maybe 45, but uh, could have happened while I was out. But for the most part, I've not suffered outages that some people have suffered where they've been out for three, four hours. Some people were out for multiple days, have not had that problem yet. And knocking on wood that I do not, but Intermedia has been great so far. That is my vendor of choice. And let's see, I have a second email here from our good friend, Bob. And I did pre-read these, so I'm only going to read the email and I'm going to say that there will be a link in the show notes. But Bob says, my wife and I were watching Space Force on Netflix when they were trying to regain control of a satellite that had been taken over by hackers. Just as, just as they did, the system required a Microsoft update. I feel this pain every Patch Tuesday and I know you guys do too, so I thought I would share. And this was an email that was sent to myself and Mike Smith of the Mike Smith, uh, Tech Show. And it is a link. And the reason I can't show the link or play the link, well, I probably could. But for the most part, this is a family-friendly show, and it has got some F-bombs in it. And then I also don't know if I'm allowed to show YouTube videos, even though I'm on YouTube, but I'm also on the Facebook. So I know that whenever I do music, I always get these copyright warnings and the Facebook wants to mute my music and all that stuff. So you may have noticed I'm not playing more music because of that. And even paying for music through ASCAP and trying to find licensing, it's just, it's just too much. So the music you hear before and after the show is fully licensed social media music i don't get flagged for it so i don't play a lot of videos and stuff especially if it has music but so uh, again i'm going to put a link in the show note for this clip space force on netflix and it is a youtube click so when you're clicking it you're going to go to youtube and see the actual click 
clip. Man, I can't talk tonight. So thank you, Bob, for that. And I have other emails, but I'm going to consolidate them in this fashion. I had three or four different emails that referenced when I was talking about the cyber liability insurance because I had some clients that were renewing their insurance and they had some much different forms than what they had before. And these were forms that went much more in-depth than any of the previous forms. In fact, they were forms that asked much more specific questions, almost invasive questions in my mind. But this is what companies are going to be doing. So I grabbed the form, and I'm going to open it here, and hopefully I can share it so that you can see it. I did not prepare for this, but I'm going to do a share here right now. And I'm going to show you this application. So let's go ahead and add that to the screen here. So if you are listening to this by audio and you want to see this application, I don't think it's proprietary. I don't think I will get in trouble for sending it on. Uh, This is, it's an empty form that doesn't have any client information or anything else. But the company is NetGuard Plus Cyber Well, that's not true. That's the application. It's NetGuard Plus Cyber Liability Insurance. And I believe this is Tokyo Marine is, I don't know if they're the company that supplies the insurance or whatever, but as you look at the screen here, or if you are like, oh, I meant to say, if you were listening by audio and you want to get a copy of this, just send me an email and let me know. I am trying to figure out if I can post this up on the website so that you can simply download it. I've got a resources page there that I'm, I've got to put more stuff up there, but I'm going to put PDF documents up there so that you don't have to feel like you have to submit an email or sign up for something in order to get a free PDF. So I'm going to double check and make sure that it's okay that I do this. Um, But I just wanted to briefly show you this. Um, so of course it starts out just normal general information form of business, blah, blah, blah. And then it gets a little invasive in my mind where it asks for revenues and then it starts to ask for records and, you know, do you collect store host process control use or share any private or sensitive information in either paper or electronic form. And that's basically the first IT-related question or the first business-related question that's going to determine whether or not you're going to be eligible for insurance. And then it asks you to give, you know, the appropriate number in both paper form and electronic form. So, of course, most of the clients are going to come to us and say, hey, how many files do we have and stuff like that. So we've got to do that. That was one of the reasons that I liked the program that I recommended last week called WizTree because it was quickly able to assess all of the files in a drive, in a shared network drive, and then you could go to specific folders and find the number of files and how much space it took up. So that was that was good. 
Then it asked questions, going back to the forum, about the IT department. And it asked about who is responsible in your business for IT. And then it also will ask, is your network security outsourced or managed in-house? And then the bottom, here's where it really gets tricky. If the applicant's network security is outsourced, are you the main contact? But then they say um, down below, they actually will ask the name. Oh, here it is. If outsourced, provide the name of your network security provider. So they are asking businesses now to literally name who their support company is, which means that we're going to be named. And all that can mean to me is that if something happens and that client makes a claim, we're going to be getting a call from the insurance company or we're going to be getting something from an attorney saying that, hey, did you protect this client? And if so, how? And the reason this worries me is because the how is described in the remaining pages of this application. Because I'll just briefly mention they they asked for the email security controls you have. They asked if you're using SPF, the Sender Policy Framework, DCAM, DMARC. They asked about the internal security controls. Do you use MFA to secure all cloud provider services that you utilize? Uh, do you allow remote access to your network? If yes, do you use MFA to secure all remote access to your network, including any remote desktop protocol connections? Of course, that has been the number one surface of where attacks happen, where people run RDP naked. And so I think what's happening is insurance companies are saying, look, we're going to ask if you're doing this. And if you're not and something happens, we're coming after some people. So this is something that, at least in my opinion, is going to be something that we need to communicate with our clients that if they're, if they're filling out these forms without us, that's a problem because there's no way that I can agree to something that I didn't see or sign up for. So if a client, and I've been telling my customers that if you're filling out this form and you're saying that we do this, then by golly, we better be doing it. And if so, we need to provide the appropriate adjustments to the network, to the security, and of course, to the pricing to reflect that. Now, that's where I think some customers, they try to skate this by us because they don't want to pay the extra stuff. Going further down, and I've just only gotten to page three, where they start asking more about MFA questions. And they asked who the MFA provider is. They asked about um, a next-generation antivirus. They asked if you're using an endpoint detection and response. So you've got right there where the insurance company is going to the client and asking, what are you using? And this, again, was something that I kind of struggled with last week because we don't tell our clients all of the products that we use. And so we've had to start telling them now that, yes, we're using Bitdefender for the antivirus. We are looking at Sentinel-1 or Silence for EDR. And the reason I hesitated there is because I do have a story about that that I'm going to have to bring up in another show because it will 
it will come back to here in some form or fashion. So I just, I didn't want to spill the beans just yet, but that's going to be a thing. Um, and further down, I mean, they're asking about everything. Are you using privileged account management software? Uh, is that software accessed by MFA? Um, do you utilize a seam? Do you utilize a sock? Do you use a vulnerable vulnerability management tool? And then there's a whole section on backup and recovery policies. They want to know how are you backing up? Where are you backing up? And here's a big thing that has just popped up in the last year as far as as far as I'm concerned. I've I know I've heard this term before, but I've never heard anybody really ask for it. Do you have immutable backups? And for those of you that may not know what immutable backups are, that means that the backup that you do cannot be changed or manipulated in any way. So unlike a backup that is, you know, simply a disk to cloud backup. So you're doing a straight cloud backup and it's just doing files and stuff like that. And you can go into the backup and not only recover, but you can delete files from the backup and stuff. This is a thing where they're going to say, are you doing a backup that cannot be changed? And I, I'm wondering why they're asking that. And my assumption is, is that if you do go back and something gets deleted out of a backup and their client needs something and it's in that particular location that was deleted, there may be some insurance-related issues, some legal issues. And the, the term that I love now, some fiduciary liability issues that are going to now be lying at our doorstep. Uh, beyond the backup section, there's phishing controls. And then, of course, lost history. If you had anything in the past that would make this insurance null and void because they basically say, if you answer yes to any of these questions, we may not provide insurance to you. So it's funny. So those are the first six pages of the application. And then there's a seventh page that is a California fraud warning. But on page, well, this may be, this may be a nine pager. The, the PDF reader that I'm reading is online, so I don't know which page this is. But this company is providing a cyber glossary that our clients can now read and find out what all of these things are. So instead of relying on us being the people that are giving them explanations as to what these things are, the insurance companies are now saying, hey, here's what DKIM is. Here's what multi-factor authentication is. And here are some common MFA providers for remote network access. And they're listing companies, Okta, Duo, LastPass, OneLog, Auto, uh, NextGenAV. Here are the common providers, Bitdefender, Carbon Black, CrowdStrike, Falcon Prevent, Sentinel-1, Sophos, Semantic. So, again, I think that this is important for us because we now need to know these things that the insurance companies are telling clients, this is what you need to have. And here are the providers that are most common because now they're going to say to us, oh, well, are you using these? Well, we want to use these because this is going to make our insurance viable. This is what's going to get us insurance. So, we need to make sure that we are 
on top of this. So I just wanted to bring that up and do a follow-up to what I had mentioned on previous shows. And again, if you would like to get a copy of this, I'll be happy to send it. Um, but I think some of you have probably seen this. There's actually a couple of other forms from other companies that are similar, but this one has been the most comprehensive that I have seen in the last month. So that is pretty wicked and not in the wicked smart kind of sense. So I think that's it. Um, I did mention WizTree uh, last week and I mentioned it tonight. Um, I was going to make a note on that uh, just to follow up. What I should do is, so what was it, three weeks ago, so I go to portableapps.com to get a lot of my applications, and I started to use the Portable Apps platform. And if you guys don't know what that is, and gals, that is kind of like a D7-type platform. Uh, I forget the name of the old program, the GigGeek tool, where it would literally consolidate all the tools and you could use it to update tools and from one format or from one uh, interface, you could launch all these other tools. Well, portableapps.com has this portable apps platform where you can go in and select which apps show up in there and you can stick it on your USB drive and all of that. And so they have this, I think they're up to platform 18 something, uh, 18.1 or something like that. And when I was using WizTree, I installed uh, the directory for the portable app onto a server and it updated and would not run unless you did an update to the .NET on that server, which of course may cause a restart. So of course I had to stop and I went to the WizTree location itself, downloaded WizTree separately from that portable ads program and ran it, ran just fine. But I wanted to ask people, how many of you are using that portable app platform from the portableapps.com? And I mean, I'll probably end up doing that update at some point when I'm doing a Windows update and restarting those servers. But I just wanted to ask if anybody else had been doing that. And if not, quickly download it and check it out. It's pretty, pretty simple, pretty quick, pretty snazzy. And the programs don't take that long to start up. So um, I don't have it loaded up on this computer. Remember, I'm in Studio B, not my regular network. But it literally loads up and it kind of runs in the lower right-hand corner of your screen. You click it, shows all the apps that you want. You click on the app, it opens and runs. Pretty quick, pretty nifty. And that is your tech tool tip for the week, as well as your tech tool question of the week. Uh, I'd like to get some feedback on the Portable Apps platform. I think that that's all I had for today and outside of Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> no real questions from the chat, but I see that we've had people staying and watching. I appreciate that. For those of you that are listening by audio, I appreciate you. 
very much staying and listening to the show. Uh, I know that I should probably also say there's a lot of stuff I should always say that I don't because I don't want to push too much stuff on everybody. I don't try to, you know, download, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. But I do know that since I made the switch from Podnuts Pro to IT Business, I've got to rebuild up the numbers because I didn't just rebrand it and keep the same RSS feed. I actually did a new one. The Podnuts Pro stuff is still at Podnuts Pro. So if you've got friends out there that have are kind of saying, oh, I haven't heard the show in a while, well, let them know. They need to head over to itbusinesspodcast.com and click on the follow and find their podcatcher there to resubscribe to the show. I know that uh, I don't have the SEO yet for the name. So if you're going to search for the podcast, uh, search for IT Business Podcast. For some people, it's showing up. For some, it isn't. Sometimes you have to click in Uncle Marv, and it'll find Uncle Marv's IT Business Podcast. I don't know why that is, but just do that. And I am looking for some new groups. I think I'm going to have to do what other people do and you know, advertise in some of these groups on the Facebook and on Reddit. I'm on Reddit now, by the way. Interesting little place there. I'm, we'll be talking about some things I found there. And that'll be it. So we'll be looking to do more with the show. And let me know if you're interested in these mugs. Again, they're not for sale yet, and they're not available just yet. Um, I only did some for the existing patrons, but I'm looking to do more. And I'm either going to do them as a thank you if you sign up as a patron, or I will make them available for sale. And I'll try to keep the price low, but again, I don't want to lose money. Um, I want to at least cover costs and try to make some money to support the show, but I think it looks pretty good. Let me know what you think. Again, I'm showing this to anybody that is watching the video, and it is a, I think it's a pretty nice mug. The IT business logo on both the front and the back. I tried one with a picture that's back there. I'm not going to pull it up and show it real close because I don't know if I want people to see that just yet. So, again, I'm trying a few different things. Let me know what you think. And I think that is going to do it for the show. Again, I want to say thank you to our sponsors of the show. We have NetAlly and Computers Done Right. Uh, NetAlly is the presenting sponsor of the podcast, and Computers Done Right is the live stream sponsor. Uh, John Reed over there, Computers Done Right, a great and fantastic listener and supporter of the show. Thank you very much. ComputersDoneRight.com and NetAlly.com. <laughs> that looks like mine. Um, yours is in the mail, John. Your mug is, uh, I believe, the tracking. You should have gotten an, an email today. Uh, Kim dropped those off at the UPS store. And you'll probably get yours tomorrow since you're a Florida man. But, um, all right, folks, that is going to do it. Thank you very much for downloading, subscribing to the show. Again, for any comments, suggestions, head over to itbusinesspodcast.com. And you can do just about everything over there from support the show, follow the show, check out previous shows. And uh, 
send me an email or a comment or show suggestion. I will be back next week with another live show. We are also going to be having some one-off audio shows. Um, Don't know the exact dates yet, but I'm chatting with some guests on that, and there are going to be some new guests making the circuit here on the show. But again, that's going to do it. We'll see you next week, and until next time, holla.